like to talk about lesbians. The biggest problem of lesbians is that they don't know how to be a dick or an asshole without appearing to be or looking like either complete pussies or little fucking bitches. I know, I know. Sounds weird, but it's true. Now, I, I can't necessarily say that I'm a Democrat or a Republican. But I have to identify more with the Democrats than the Republicans because the Republicans are so two-faced. I mean, it's, it's so, they, they're lies. And they're going back on what they said before and back and forth. At least with Democrats, you got some solidity. I mean, they they went for a female president a couple of times. Black president, right? They put him on the throne. Did what they needed to do. Then the Republicans came along and... <laughs> it's like, the Republicans aren't unified. They had something like 17, 25 presidential elects during that election when Trump got elected and, and, and I think my I was in college at the time, community college very intelligent professor, I was in political science class, and my professor and this is uh, the spring semester before the elections as this the whole the, the primaries were forming up and all this stuff and she was able to explain to us what was going on and how it was happening because I never paid attention to that crap before. And she kind of opened my eyes to the fact that the Democrats were much more solidified just because they only had something like, what, four? They had, like, really strong ones of Bernie, I think, uh, and then the female, the Martha Stewart of of politics, um, uh, ye old Clinton, Right? Bernie would have won against Trump, but everybody was going for Clinton because she was a female. And Bernie was like, don't vote for me. (laughs) Trump's going to win. But Trump won. And then they did. Guess what? Everybody knows what we have now. So you can look back on it yourself and hate yourself, I guess. Alright, so everybody who... Listen to the last one, and is not listening to this one, doesn't get to see this. I would like you to calm yourself, put yourself in a state of mind where you can peacefully sit up straight, try to sit balanced on your spine, on your back. If you don't have a comfortable seating position, this isn't going to work. Um, on the floor, cross-legged lotus, you name it, whatever, but a seating position. You're standing, you need to be extremely balanced. Uh, I would suggest some oriental, like uh, Tai Chi Chuan type stuff. If you're going to listen to this standing up, lying down, shit, whatever. 
Have a nice day. <laughs> You're wasting your time. Energy must move up and down in this. You must be able to look forward horizontally and imagine yourself as an animal in the forest. If you can do this lying down, then you're on your way. And that means, you know, good luck. I mean, you can do it, but for those not used to meditation, sit down, straighten your spine, stick your butt wherever it needs to be, try and be comfortable. Straighten your head up. Imagine that you're floating in a bunch of bubbles and there's rain coming down. Now, you can imagine the rain coming down as being either pain or refreshing or oxygen and you're underwater, but you're upside down. And the oxygen is going past you and you need to capture it so you can breathe. Now, if that's the case, you're upside down, the rain is coming at your ass, and you've got your sphincter tight shut, you want to dive deep in the bubbles, deep in the bubbles, all the way down, just swim down until you start coming to pockets of air, because the bubbles will, the weight of the bubbles on top will start causing these droplets of oxygen, or water if you're we could switch it around and say you're too dry. You're floating on top of these bubbles. You need to crouch down and swim down to get wet. Maybe you're an amphibian. Your eyes are on the back of your, or they're bulbous and they can see behind you like you're a reptile or a fish. Mammals don't generally have bulbous eyes like that. We generally tend to be able to focus in front of us. Now there's something strange. Relax yourself. Remember, up and down, breathe. Try to breathe deep down inside your lungs down there. And make sure you push out at least once or twice. All the way, all the way to the end. All the way to the end. All the air. Breathe in again. Breathe out again. Do that enough times until you can control your own breath with your mind so that it's not instinct anymore. This is getting your body centered with your mind and your soul and feelings. It takes a little bit of time. It takes about five minutes of breathing to really, really get control of your breathing. Uh, if you're a smoker, it's a little harder. I am. If you're a pot smoker, it's a little easier. And then you get comfortable with your breathing and you're comfortable with your sitting and your energy needs to be able to go up and down. We're talking about up and down. I'm specifically assigning up and down to your core and your, your back, your spine. Your spine is curved, but it also has a balance point and so does your body. So we're not just talking about your spine, we're talking about your meat bag too. The bag of meat and brains and bones and all that shit. Your stomach, your heavyweight person, your center of gravity is a little bit forward. 
Let's try and center yourself. Your stomach may stick out way far. So may your ass. Doesn't matter. You're just going to try to center yourself. Crank your back if you know how to. You know, I put one leg uh, up, my left leg up, cross-legged, ankle over my, around my right knee, right behind my, my right knee. I put my right wrist against my left knee, and I twist to my left while I'm sitting down, and then I can do switch legs. Then I put my left wrist against my right knee right behind it as my right ankle is over my left leg. And I can twist and just try to pop whatever can pop and go back to sitting up. Try to be comfortable. Get some support. Get a pillow. Put it behind your back. If you're sitting in a kitchen chair or a couch, get some support. Try and get your back so you can sit without too much effort, sitting straight up, pretty comfortably, <coughs> without putting too much pressure forward or aft, or left or right. The left and right, we're reserving for our conscious minds, specifically. The in and out, forward and back, pull and push, we're reserving for our soul. The up and down, we're reserving for our body. And the body is the one that I focus on the most. The awareness of the body, the awareness in the body. Because the soul may or may not, you may not believe in it. Pull and push. It may just be you crying to yourself and, and reactions of chemicals in your brain. A lot of people don't believe that there are souls. That there is, that your love connects to other people's love. And your pain connects to other people's pain. That your frustration connects to their frustration and that kind of shit. I do. But that doesn't mean that you do. So let's ignore the soul. How about the mind? Well... Let's describe my um, perception of the mind. There's actually four parts. Five, actually, if you believe that. But the fifth one is that center eye thing, you know, that, that supposedly on the back of the dollar bill, uh, the, the, that all-seeing eye in the pyramid, uh, the depiction of self, the birth of self that happens when all this shit works out great. Um, I'm going to go ahead and stop, um, and then I'll start another one with the rest of my depiction of the mind. Okay, now I'm recording again. So, you're up and down, you're up and down, your body, and then your left and right, your mind. You have a left side and a right side, a left mind and a right mind. Let's just forget the fact that I believe that a mind, a single mind, is composed of a black hole. Much like the one in the center of our galaxy. Much like the one in the dwarf galaxy that's about to get, I don't know, pummeled to death as it enters our galaxy. There's a dwarf galaxy close to us. Our own planet probably came from one of these things. The fact is, is that... In the center of our galaxy is a ginormous black hole, and we are one of the bigger galaxies around. And we see some really big galaxies out there, and we know we're a part of one of those big ones. We got a boss, a main boss right in the center, and that boss is eating stars. Guess what? Eventually, we're going to go in there. 
That's the whole concept of the Big Crunch. Now, how would all of the galaxies that we see spreading outward ever come back into one single point? Well, I'll tell you. Light goes out in a straight line, correct? It's infinite. It'll go out forever, except that it's affected by gravity. Even though it's as fast as fuck and it has almost no mass, or no mass at all, we don't really know, do we? It still is affected by gravity. Light bends. Light bends around gravity. It can only go so far out before it turns around. This concept means that eventually our galaxy, con conceive of this, if our galaxy was the only thing in existence and there were no other galaxies out there, even a little dwarf, or let's include the dwarf just for, because I'm going to argue with this dwarf uh, galaxy and it's dwarf black hole. There's a black hole in the center of every galaxy. It's, it's a phenomenon. They collect them. Their minds, their intelligence is vast. And we're composed of the same shit. So, and I was going to argue that each one of our minds, we have two. A big black hole and a small one. And a big black hole is the soul and the mind that came down and made this body. Right, but there's another soul. It's the part of the body. And it's creating its own mind, its own black hole. From the experiences, it takes time to do it. You, you can't do it. I think, you know, five years old babies don't have enough time to form a black hole. Maybe less. Maybe they have the real personality by the time they're two. I don't know. And I'm not going to argue that. Maybe they do as soon as they pop out of the vaginal cavity. But as a zygote, as, as a sperm and an egg... Still forming? Fuck no. They have to have some experience. And so, that's one of the reasons why I don't have a problem with aborting in the first trimester. I don't. Uh, debating on the second one. I, I just don't see a reason. But I don't want to get into that argument right now. Um, but Back to the big consciousness scale... Our galaxy, and it's a little small one, if they were the only ones in existence, the light would go out as far as it could. We could not see anything. Everything would be black out there. There would be no nebulas besides the ones we see in our own galaxy. But we see nebulas out there other places. Two, I believe. We may not. But anything outside of our own galaxy, or we may be too far away. Let's say we put this like a billion years in the future. And we're so far away from every other galaxy that we think we're the only ones. Because we can't see anything else. And they're just as far away from us. We're spreading away from each other as fast as they're spreading away from us. And the process is accelerating. Exponentially accelerating. There's reasons for that. Mathematical reasons. But we can't get into them right now. Sorry, I had to smoke a little bit of a cigarette. And so we're only two, two little galaxies. One of them is a lot bigger than the other one. That little black hole is going to spiral the fuck around the big one. 
and there's going to be a lot of collisions of a lot of stars. It's going to suck up a lot of the stars of the big, big ones. If the big one was all by itself, and there was no other little black hole around it, it was all by itself. The light would go out and out and out and out and eventually start curving one way or the other. There's a potential for a few light particles to keep on going straight because there's nothing else to curve or push, to pull or push. And then those energies get lost. But except for them, it looks a lot like our own planetary um, magnetic sphere, gravitational, as, as energies go in and out magnetically. Our ionosphere is based off of this. Our um, The whole, what we call the ozone layer, is formed by this effect. A lot of the northern lights. And um, <coughs> black holes themselves, quasars, <coughs> when they eat the stars, some of it gets shot out of the center. This is all representative of the effect that if there's nothing else there powerful enough to pull that light, to pull that stuff, because light obviously does have at least a little bit of mass, at least a little bit, otherwise it can't bend. And its bending causes gravity. And that bending will go to the left and to the right of every black hole out there, to the left and to the right. And it will circle around eventually, like a billions of years. Who cares? But conceptually speaking, if you look at the whole thing, eventually it's going to stop and it's going to circle back around. It's not going to keep on going outwards. It's going to eventually curve around and start spiraling inwards into the galaxy itself. And all of those light particles are going to join the stars that spawned them and they're all going to fall back into that goddamn black hole in the fucking center. And that black hole is going to eat all that fucking material and it's going to continue to contract and contract and contract and contract. Until what? Until it gets so fucking hot that it fucking explodes again. And just one galaxy, one fucking galaxy, and then what happens? Ah, oh, fuck, I guess it makes more galaxies, smaller particles, fuck. <laughs> the first ones were these huge rocks compared to us. They were all Jupiter-sized rocks. But now we've got these little tiny fucking things, just dust floating around. We've got even smaller shit. We've got little tiny black matter. We can't even see. It's almost like it doesn't have any mass. It's almost like it has, it sucks light. It's dark matter because it's all little teeny tiny black holes. Little teeny tiny black holes, and each one has a each one has a little shield of crap out around it. We could consider its own version of what, an event horizon, a protection from the world around it that swirls around this little tiny black hole and says, "I'm not going any closer to you," and it's pulled by other shit because you take that black hole that I said. And let's put that little dwarf back in. And now the little dwarf stars back in. And, and a lot of that fucking shit that spewed out of the top and the bottom of that black hole. As it's eating those stars. Is now affected by the other little one. There's still some that go straight up and out. And goes way the fuck out there. But a lot more is just 
turn around. And as it spins around that black hole, it catches a lot of that other fucking light that used to spin around it. In fact, every single particle of light, no matter how far it's gone, is affected a little bit. And it is going to turn a little bit, which is going to be enough to eventually get it. Because it has to be on a perfect trajectory. Zero, 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 zero. As many zeros as you can have straight away from the object that spewed it. In order to keep going. Forever. All it takes is one other entity, like a little black hole, to tilt it or push it. And it'll all come back together. The problem is, is that as that little black hole goes through all this material that the big black hole has, it still is never going to reach the same size. And so when they eventually meet, the big black hole will swallow the little one, they will touch, they will merge, and then all the shit will go back into the center the same way. Nothing was lost, though, this time. No potential was lost. There was two black holes. They fixed the problem. Nothing was lost. Because you can't lose energy. You have to make sure you can't you don't lose energy in a closed system where you don't know if anything else is out there. Emotionally, if there's space and shit, you have to make sure, right? And let's go back to our galaxy. Conceptually speaking, eventually all of the galaxies are gonna start running short on light. But they're not going to run short on mass. The mass is going to continue to spin around. And those light particles, way the fuck out there, are going to start coming back. Start swirling in in different places. On an emotional scale, in heaven, this would be like meeting old friends. They've been off on journeys. Hey, look, they're coming back, but they're over there. They're on the other side of the village. They left on the west side, and they're coming back on the southeast. How the fuck did you get over there, bro? Well, I don't know. I was just trying to leave and go fucking explore, and here I am. God damn it. That's the kind of situation that we're facing here. So let's... There's a lot of black holes out there. A lot of black holes are swallowing other black holes. They'll continue to swallow them, but there's always going to be one bigger. And that's the problem, because as long as there's always one bigger than the entire universe... No matter how many galaxies you have, no matter how many fucking black holes are spinning around each other, there's always going to be one bigger, and that means they're always going to touch. They're not going to balance. That's a problem. You cannot have an, a cease and desist order to the Big Crunch or the Big Bang. Continuous eruption and crunch of all matter. Unless you can somehow figure a way for this little dwarf star coming into this big, or the, 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 the little dwarf uh, black hole coming into this big black hole's matter, to somehow balance with it at some point. Even if they're an inch away, if they each have their own event horizons and they find an equilibrium, a balance even an inch apart, our inch, let's say an infinitesimal point, whatever, as long as they don't touch and merge, and there is at least some space between them, so they each consider themselves separate 
entities and they can balance negative and positive without merging and continue spinning around each other. That would stop indefinitely the cycle. But what would happen? Would they each explode? Probably. And then you would have two universes. This recording is done. From now on, I want you to remember what I said. And remember that you do have a black hole of consciousness. You do. Some of you may feel like your soul is a black hole. It's not. Some of you may feel like your mind is a black hole. It is. Some of you may feel like your body is a body. It's a body. It has a consciousness. It's imbued with energy. Every second of your life, that energy is stolen. It is imprinted into the time frame of reality. Our memories, space, everything is recorded. Time itself is a function of the awareness and the pressures that we undergo in this, on this planet, in this gravity field, in this state. Our own time frames themselves are defined by functions like how fast our planet is spinning around the central black hole and how fast the planets are spinning around the sun. They all affect this shit, and that kind of bleeds into what they call astrology, uh, the birth months. That stuff changes, though. It's not steadfast. Our planet supposedly had a 23-hour day, or maybe a 23-7, I'm remembering a 23-7-hour, 22-minute something second day. A long time ago, and now it's 24 hours and, what, 13 not that big. A couple hours, 24 hours, uh, a few minutes. And that's what creates that extra day. February 29th, every four years. Because we got to suck up that extra time. We're slowly slowing down around our planet. Which means we are getting further away. Essentially. And that should mean that we're cooling off. But instead we're going through another freaking warming cycle. It's, it's minuscule. You would have to yeah, assume, I would assume, that the distance we have separated from our sun over thousands and thousands of years, on the course of a few hours of, of, or a few minutes every day, what, what would it be? It comes down to something like, I don't know, I have a calculator in front of me or anything, and I don't know the math, but I mean, if it's, if it's just a minute or two extra every day now from like two million, three million years ago. Who gives a shit? And we've had several ice ages since then. I mean, it just... It's, 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 who gives a fuck? The important shit is that our sun has cleared... The solar ball that we spin around has not only cleared the way for us to exist. There's no... All the asteroids are in an asteroid belt. There's a magnetic field that keeps all these rocks trapped away from us. It's a shield. Jupiter is a fucking shield. Saturn is a fucking shield. 
They capture shit. They twist shit. They things coming in from the Oort cloud. Things from outside extra space. And the sun can change shit. Our star can fucking send solar flares and all kinds of damn things to adjust crap. And it, and if you don't think it's aware, then our planet is not aware. And if our planet isn't aware, then our Native American Indians and everybody else who connects to Tai Chi or, or, or magic, anybody who believes in any kind of spirituality, including religious fucks, you have to give up all of your beliefs. If you don't believe there is a spirituality in the planet that we live on, that there is a symbiotic relationship between our bodies and that planet, and our bodies have a consciousness, they are imbued with this consciousness, they have to have. The veil is separates our consciousness and our bodies from the souls and spirits that are kind of spawning it. You, you might imagine that you're role-playing a video game, but it's so much more complex. And they put different parts of their consciousness in these bodies that we're walking around with. I have to end this one again. I want to stress that even though I am, I seem to, I, I feel like I'm channeling external knowledge because a lot of this stuff. I mean, I know it inherently, and I'm interpreting it in my own words. I'm Thad Samantio. I really am. I know who I am. I'm not in another mentality too far. But some of myself, um, you know, I'll wake up in the morning. I'll be worried about eating. Um, scared about my finances because I'm very poor. Living day to day. Wondering what's going to happen tomorrow. But right now, I have put myself into a state of consciousness in order to be able to do this. And it heals me. I mean, I don't really give a fuck if you hear it. Somebody's going to fucking hear it. Besides me. And I'm going to hear it also. Enough people are going to hear it. That I have a stability. And I'm going to feel it now. And I'm going to connect to that. And I'm going to connect to them. And I'm going to connect to the people who are listening to it. And so it really doesn't matter if you personally I don't fucking like that shut the fuck up I don't care you're worthless I, it has been a long 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 time over a year since I've wanted to be able to talk like this and give the information this way but I have never been able to do it and I'm still stumbling around in my mind trying to figure out what I can and can't say to you. And that's why I hesitate and things like that. Because I have seen a lot more, a lot worse, a lot better. Some really funny shit. And some crap that you don't need to know. I know stuff that can kill laughter. I can tell an anti-joke. Something that will suck the laughter from the room. Just put everybody into a deadpan like, um, no matter how hard they're laughing, I could say something on purpose. I could, I want them to stop laughing and I can just say it. Say, I want them to stop laughing and I'll come up with something to say and I'll say it. 
and everybody will stop laughing. I can say, you know what, I need to lighten the mood. In my mind, in my mind. And as long as I'm balanced, I'll just turn into the dick or the the joker or the, the little bit of comedian that people need or the caring. Because sometimes you need to care about people first to put them in a lighter mood. You know, tell them, hey, we understand. You know, it's, it's cool. To put everybody in a lighter mood, say, hey, he took the burden of the, the emotional weight of, of what that guy was saying or her. And then we all can just keep on moving. Yeah, man, just keep on plugging on. Yeah, okay, well, that's easy to say. He took the first step. I, I know how to do all that. I wouldn't call myself self-reliant. I'd call myself in, not only in self-control, but emotional control. I can, and this this is important, I can control tension, emotional tension with my physical body. I can tighten up my muscles. I can put my arms, legs, eyes, closed eyes, move my eyeballs. I can clench my toes and aim them in a direction and just hold and tighten with my leg crossed over my other one and it means something to me I know directions I know tension forms I assume that chi masters know similar things like these these uh, these monks in China and Japan who aren't monks not religious for them it's a discipline that's a huge fucking difference. That's why I like the Japanese more than the fucking Chinese. Because it isn't religious for the Japanese. They have a different religion. Honor. Yeah. Fucking huge difference. So anyway, you know, however it happens. If you can control tension, emotional tension with your body, you can relieve it from your soul, which relieves the pressure from your mind. The same way that if you pee a long time because you've been holding it in, the relief from your body helps you actually focus your mind and eyes and concentration because you're not dealing with the pressure of need. And if you have lots of pressures of need, you got to pee and you're about to die. Somebody else is about to die and you still have to pee. Come on now. Somebody's more or less important than you needing to pee as far as your body is concerned. <coughs> and that decision... It's not just made by your dick or your pussy. And I would venture to say that a lot of women think that men think with their penises. Well, women think with their pussies. I'm a masculinist. I can say this. I'm the grand poombaya or whatever the fuck it's called. Of the masculinists, I know I made the masculinist and I haven't nailed down the right name for the title because I haven't been able to put it to a vote. Regardless, 
Women, you think with your pussies too. Your clits. Your clitorises. Your little vulvas. Yes, you do. And you also think with your genetics more than men. Men will plug any bitch out there. Some will plug other animals. Like donkeys. And cows. And dog. I mean, I swear to God. They'll put their dick in anything. As long as it feels good. What's a pocket pussy? A little glove. You put in your, around your dick. It feels like a pussy. It looks like kind of like a... I had a friend who, who did a three-dimensional drawing of his pocket pussy. And he was proud of it. He showed it to me. I shit you not. I was like, that's cool. Uh-huh. I'm glad he didn't show me the real thing. Do you want to try it? No. Thank you. It's okay. I don't mind. He was very proud of it. Especially his three-dimensional drawing. Digitally. On his computer. Which was impressive. Very lifelike. Must have spent a lot of time on it. Anyway. Fact is. Women don't do that shit. They don't. <clears throat> they can give up on sex. They can. Faster. Easier. And there's a reason for that. At least in America. You'd never believe what it is, in my opinion. It's because they're not circumcised. Like Turkish women. You know, Muslims. 70% of all Turkish women in America today, maybe 80%, because I think 70% is all Muslim women, and the Turks got a big chunk of them. They cut off the labias with the straight razor blades in the ceremony when they send the kids off to summer camp or a religious school. They're 9, 10 years old, 12. It's to keep them from becoming whores. And they cut off the lips. The labia. Because you have the puffy lips that makes them puffy on the side. And inside that you have two of these. It's what makes it look like a roast beef. Or catcher's mitt. Old catcher's mitt. Because if they're really long and then they had a lot of sex, they get brown. Hey, the outside of my dick's kind of browner than the rest of my skin. That's because the dirt from my hand ingrains itself into the flesh. It's not, I don't have a tan. It's dirt in the skin, I, th I think. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, they slice the, uh, slice those tender, uh, sensitive lips off. But it's not the same thing. What they really should do to, to, to allow a woman to experience circumcision. In my opinion. Is to take uh, baby girls and uh, cut off the hood from the vulva. Mm, that little Easter egg there, right near the top. Got a little hood over it, helping protect it. Some of them are big enough that they don't have the hood over it. Those ones get numb from the pain he's rubbing on them, but not completely. <coughs> no. You have to wrap them in, like, imagine how much pain 
uh, a newborn male goes through, uh, if they, they have to peel the foreskin back from the uh, the head of the penis because it's still stuck to it at that point. Now, babies play with their dicks all the time, especially boys. I mean, girls, I don't know if they play with themselves too much. They might a little bit. It itches. It's growing. So, you know, the penis is growing, but the skin really isn't, or the skin is growing. I don't know. But so it itches, and so they play with it, and it eventually it separates the skin naturally uh, from the skin, from whatever, from the, the head of the penis. But when they're brand new, brand new little babies, that hasn't happened yet. But in the hospital, they don't have time to wait. Oh, and they get money. They get money for performing this surgery. So they, they, it's an automatic, just, you have to check. It's, it's like one of those uh, online scams where you have to check the block to keep them from sending you the offers. You have to check the block in the hospital to keep them from putting these eye drops in your baby's eyes. <coughs> to keep them from going blind because there's... <coughs> one chance in like a million and two hundred and fifty that that they might have leukemia in four years. I don't know what it is. There's another block you have to check to keep them from being circumcised. But they like to even overlook that one. I mean, you have to watch it. Oh, yeah, we'll just still do it. And they peel the skin back from the head of the penis and they slice around the base. And then that baby is your newborn son. And you think he ain't gonna cry? I had an NCO. 22 years old, got circumcised. He was gone for a month and a half on sick leave. When he came back, he had, he didn't have to do anything. He had a profile, said he didn't have to walk five feet if he didn't want to. Because it hurt. And I asked him one time. He told me. It was, he was a black guy. Short black guy. He was a really cool dude. It was glandular conditions. That was why he had to have That's the only thing that I know. Um, I'm not circumcised, by the way. But, glandular conditions. And that's why they're doing it to everybody is because some of them are going to get glandular conditions. That's what they're going to tell you. This guy had glandular conditions. He was a black guy. His mother said, no, you're not doing that to my goddamn son. And he ended up developing whatever. Um, so it was very painful for him. He, 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 he took him like four or five months to recover because the nerve endings on that damn thing. And he ended up wearing a glove like on his dick, like a condom with jelly. And it still hurt all the time. He said, uh, we got into the, one of those conversations, infantryman, right? He was infantry. I was infantry. You know, you sit around for a while, you talk not doing shit, and, and, and you trust each other. He was an NCO, and I was a soldier. But it's not like we were talking about fucking. <laughs> no. It's like this dude had fucking, he got circumcised, and I wasn't circumcised, so we kind of had something to talk about. I think we pulled duty together, staff duty. Like, when you're there for like 12 hours, you got shit else to talk about. Except for your dicks. Like, okay. Go <laughs> balls, or other people's dicks and balls, and girls, and pussies. 
But, see, he lived, like, he was my squad leader for a while, and he lived, like, straight down from me. I had to go to him when I got my ears pinned back and stapled down by the Army and uh, a few other things and and go, like, hey, boss, uh, I got a, um, I got a profile. I can't go into work. And I, I walked there, I think. It was just around the corner. It was, like, a block and a half down where he lived. I remember they needed some gas for their their lawnmower one time and he his wife called me hey you got gas lawnmower gas so i got out of my car and i took it down yeah i got a can of gas here for lawnmowers you got to keep your lawn up when you're on freaking stupid base gotta keep your lawn up or else they give you a notice and all that stuff pay a fine and so i remember driving i got out of the car and i was smoking a cigarette see so i took the can, and then as I approached the uh, offending lawnmower, <laughs> it was just a push mower. These are little, little lawn. It was a black family, and it was uh, his wife and like a couple of her friends, maybe a couple of kids. I was kind of backed away because I was smoking a cigarette while I was carrying this gas can. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, they're afraid it's going to blow up in my face. Okay, well. Put the cigarette out. Uh, and I just, you know, kind of made a mention to help. He said, I guess I shouldn't smoke this while I'm pouring gas into your, uh, you know. We didn't know each other that well. We didn't barbecue together and stuff. We're friends. Kind of. I don't know. I met her. <laughs> so then I, I hooked them up. Filled up their little lawnmower tank there. Stared at me the whole way as I was uh, just driving away in my car. My, Dude, I was just smoking a cigarette. I mean, it's like, they think that this shit explodes. Fucking, uh, whatever. I'm at 16.45. I need to end again. Bye. I'd like to talk about lesbians. The biggest problem with lesbians is that they don't know how to be a dick or an asshole. Without appearing to be or looking like either complete pussies or little fucking bitches. I know, I know. Sounds weird, but it's true. Now, I, I can't necessarily say that I'm a Democrat or a Republican. But I have to identify more with the Democrats than the Republicans because the Republicans are so two-faced. I mean, it's, it's so, they, they're lies. And they're going back on what they said before and back and forth. At least with Democrats, you got some solidity. I mean, they, they went for a female president a couple of times. Black president. Right? They put him on the throne. Did what they needed to do. Then the Republicans came along and... <laughs> it's like, the Republicans aren't unified. They had something like 17, 25 presidential elects during that election when Trump got elected. And, and, and I think my... I was in college at the time. Community college. Very intelligent professor. I was in political science class. 
in my profession, this is a, the spring semester before the elections. As this, the whole, the, the primaries were forming up and all this stuff, and she was able to explain to us what was going on and how it was happening, because I never paid attention to that crap before. And she kind of opened my eyes to the fact that the Democrats were much more solidified just because they only had something like, what, four? They had, like, really strong ones of Bernie, I think, but the, uh, and then the female, the Martha Stewart of, of politics, um, uh, the old Clinton, right? Bernie would have won against Trump, but everybody was going for Clinton because she was a female. And Bernie was like, don't vote for me. <laughs> Trump's going to win. But Trump won. And then they did. Guess what? Everybody knows what we have now. So you can look back on it yourself and hate yourself, I guess. 